Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Cervati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here with my playing partner, partner, the one and only Andrew Hansen. How are you today, Andrew? Good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for handling golf last week when I was out of town and glad to be back, ready to get after it here and shoot some low scores out in California. Yeah, they were tearing up the course uh, last week, too. It was ridiculous. Eagles, birdies, like they were going out of style. It's unreal, but I, I think we're going to get some more of that this week. And we had a pretty good week last week. We cashed some lineups, uh, had different some different guys uh, go off. I mean, when you have guys shooting 61, it definitely helps uh, pump up the, the DFS points. But this should be a fun one this week. Uh, we've got the American Express, and it's uh, on P the main course that is the PGA West uh Pete Dye design course, the stadium course. But of course, this is that wacky one where they play at PGA West. Then they, as far as the Dye course, then they play the Nicholas course there. And La Quinta is also the third course. So it's a 54 hole cut, which we've, I don't know, do we see that more than twice all year? I think is it. Yeah, it's become pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. So that throws a little twist into it too. But it's a beautiful course. They're going to go low. The average winning score the last two, three years is right around 24 under. So we're back in that crazy low score scoring, uh, you know, fun fest. But it uh, should be a great tournament. Yeah, I'm excited about it. We have a lot of, of the big names back in a full field event. And, yeah, if you go back, you know, even a little further, six years back, that's when they started playing on these three courses specifically again because this tournament has a long history. You know, sometimes they played five rounds, but in those last six years, the the winning score has always been between 20 under and 26 under. And uh, there have been some ultra low scores. You mentioned 61. Cantley has the, the record on the stadium course with a 61. And there have been 59s shot at the other two courses, which are two of the easiest courses these guys play all year, La Quinta yeah. and the uh, the Nicholas course. Um, and then we've got some weather this week, Coach. Um, you know, not big weather like we talk about, but a little bit of a strategy that that I've been uh, tinkering with here is looking at the wind and trying to zero in on the guys who've got the optimal playing conditions on the really easy course here, La Quinta. Yeah, and I think that's always key. Uh, for those people that play the day-by-day the -day contests, man, you really have to pay attention to that. because Absolutely. They shoot way lower, La Quinta. Oh, La, La Quinta. La Quinta. I can't say it, man. Yeah, La Quinta. La Quinta. I think. Yeah. They play way. Uh, shoot lower scores there than they do the other two. So, if you know, we provide here at Coach Talk the lineup tonight for the whole tournament. Then we'll jump back in Friday night and provide it for the weekend only. But there are a lot of folks that play day by day. So, knowing exactly what course they're on is paramount in making those day-to-day -day plays but um they're gonna go low everywhere but la quinta especially uh low and like you said if their winds uh change and we'll be you know keeping up with our group in discord and talking about that throughout but uh you know the other thing is where you take some of our value play shots and you're so good at that andrew you know you don't have to panic about only getting two rounds out of them you know you're gonna at least get three so that helps, you know, helps you take a little more risk with some of those guys because all you're going to lose is one round. Still, 
it's imperative if you want to take something down, but it certainly isn't the same kind of stress of getting a cut after two. Yeah, I agree. I think that's key here is you don't feel quite as bad if you miss the cut. Obviously, we're going to try to make the cut with all six, but you get that extra round for sure. And, you know, just a reminder here with the three course rotation in this event, they're playing with the amateurs for those three rounds. So everybody plays each course once, and then they'll be back at the stadium course on Sunday, which is the hardest of the three. Um, so looking at the the wind patterns, um, you know, especially if you're playing round by round, uh, that's what you want to pay attention to is who's playing where on, on which day. And I'm looking at, you know, almost no wind and really nice weather on Thursday. So that's why I'm zeroing in on the guys who are playing La Quinta on Thursday. And then the winds are supposed to be more like 12, 13 miles an hour Friday, Saturday. Um, so th that's my general strategy right now is to look at guys who are going to get off to a great start at La Quinta in the great conditions uh, and get a little bit of an edge that way. And I'll tell you, the other thing in, in when I was doing my preparation here, I, I think it's a really important nuance to mention this week. And it's something that most people don't talk about because we don't see it as much as just spectators watching the game. But when there's a pro-am, it's a completely different animal. I mean, these guys that get out there and they just fire through and they're playing two and a half hours, they're playing 18 holes. I mean, they're just going right through the course. When you're playing with these uh, amateurs, they're five-hour rounds and there's patience and you get out of your your groove and i mean it's a big difference so uh in some of the preparation and guys i'll recommend i went back and looked at you know the the different pro-ams like pebble beach and stuff and see who ex, you know can play better because it makes a, a massive difference like i don't know if, if you caught that this weekend i know you were traveling but taylor gooch was squawking about how kevin naw was playing so slow and he couldn't get into a rhythm and all of that kind of stuff. Well, if he thinks that was slow, mm -hmm. wait till he gets with some of these amateurs that are hacking around the course. So, you know, guys like that, you know, that makes a difference. And when it's razor thin, you know, if it's one shot per day that that affects literally, you know, that's going to be the difference in caching or not. Yeah, I think that's huge, important piece right there to consider. And along the same token, I'm looking a little bit more at who's paired with whom this week. And if you know about guys who get along well and like to be with each other, that's key here because they're going to be relaxing, talking. They're, if they're more social, they're probably going to play better. Um, so you get like these random uh, pairing. One of the pairings I'm looking at with some value is uh, Pat Perez and, and uh, Higgs because I saw them do a show together on the Golf Channel a few weeks ago. Nice. So you, you, know, you can tell that they're close, they're social, they're outgoing. Everybody knows Higgs as a um, social media star yeah um, but you get guys like that who are cheaper who've had some success here who are comfortable playing with each other i agree i think it gives you a little bit of a boost it does and the last thing i'll mention then we'll get into this is last year the the amateur part of it was canceled because of covid so when i looked at the last five years like i try not to go back too far because things change so much but a good recency five-year study, I, I counted last year a little less, just a little less, because you didn't have that amateur thing. You were able to fire right through and not worry about it. So just something to keep in mind, uh, you know, if you're doing your own research and preparation. Absolutely. All right. Let's start off with a couple of things here. Uh, I'll, I want to throw to you the top five finishers 
the last three years, and I'm going to include last year too, even with that caveat of no amateurs, and just wanted to get your initial take on some of these guys. And I will say this, a couple of things to remember here. It's pretty wide open. Uh, maybe the fairways aren't quite as big as they were, but there's not much penal penalty going into the rough. There really isn't. So it's the bombers and then having that nice approach shot so that you have a makeable eagle or birdie putt is what the key is. By the way, did you see Matsuyama's hole? In the that was clutch. Time? I mean, and the fact that he basically did it staring into the sun. I, he couldn't see where he was hitting the ball. And right. he hit the ball within two feet Incredible. per eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Craziness. But uh, so you're going to get some bombers in there again, but not just bombers. You have to be able to, you know, those approach shots are going to be so crucial because the greens will be very nice to putt. And if you can get yourself close enough, uh, you're going to be uh, you're going to be set. The defending champ, by the way, is Siwoo Kim. So he'll be the first one on the list here. Here's the five guys. Tell me if somebody jumps out to you, Andrew. It's Kim Cantlay, uh, Cam Davis, Finau, and Answer. Yeah, Cantlay and Answer uh, jump out at me there. Cantlay, obviously, in, you know, had a great start to the season in Hawaii in the Tournament of Champions. Um, he had that great finish last year that you're referencing. And even if you discount it a little bit because it was last year without the pro-am, he did finish top 10 in, in 19. Yeah. Uh, so Cantley is one of my pay up options to consider this week. And then answers had a real strong history here. I think you're going to mention him again soon. Yeah. Um, so uh, he he's in the mix for me. Yeah. And you know, answer, he didn't seem to have it all together in Hawaii. So I know once he gets in California, he usually perks up a little bit. So uh, I agree with you there. I think, you know, we'll see. But And Cantley's going to be one. I don't know how chalky he's going to be, but I know he'll be a highly played guy in DFS this week. There's no doubt about it. All right. Two years ago, which I consider the most important one right now, a weird one, though. You had Landry win it with answer uh, Scheffler, Straka, and Hoagie. Yeah, Landry, one of the value plays who's had good success here. He finished uh, second back in 2018. Um, that, did I go too many years back? No, no, I'm just oh, saying because okay. you were going to yeah. go over the last three years, right? So four gotcha, years gotcha. ago, he also finished second. I uh, just want to add that on top of it. Uh, and he's a value play. Okay. He hasn't played yet. So, you know, some of these guys, how do they perform if they haven't played yet in Hawaii? Uh, he seems to have figured it out here in, in years past. Um, so, um, you know, he's on my radar just because he seems to really like this course. You're going to love this stat. I went deep this week, man. Eight of the last 10 guys that have won this tournament have played at least one of the tournaments in Hawaii. Isn't that, a, isn't that an interesting stat? Makes sense. Really makes yeah. sense to me. They're sharpened up. I mean, you know, you could practice all you want, but when you it's the tournament you're playing, it's a whole different animal. And that's that's the thing with Scheffler that I'm thinking about. Because and Zalatoris, too. And Zalatoris, who hasn't yet even played this course nope. before. So that there's the question mark for those guys. Yeah. And then uh, the, the last group is Long, Hadwin, Mickelson, your buddy, Gooch, who I just mentioned, and some guy by the name of John Rom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hadwin is the guy I want to focus on because 
you know, you keep going back before that, and he has a tremendous course history here. Finished second yeah. in 17. Just peppers the top 10. I'm not even top 20. He peppers the top 10 on yeah. this course for some reason. Good ball striker, good price. Uh, I like him a lot. Another guy that hasn't played in Hawaii, though. So That's true. Exactly. You gotta, you know, yep. gotta dust the clubs off. But you're right. I mean, recency, you know, recency is one thing, but you know, the court how they play on that course, we've said it a million times. You know, different courses for different horses. It it just and golf is such a mental game. You're comfortable somewhere, you play well there, you, you struggle once, you know. But then we have the unknowns. Maybe Zalatoris is gonna love this course. Who knows? Right. <laughs> That's the fun part and that. The variance with golf, man, it's it's not an easy one to play DFS wise. You just can give yourself the best chance, and then you have to let it roll from there. Yeah, enormous variance, especially no early in the season. By the way, I want to mention. I think it's important to you know stay light with your investments here. The first month, let's see these guys in action. Right. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna play because um, we're doing our research, and we're gonna try to take advantage of the edge. But uh, I'm focusing a little more on cash games here early in the season and playing a little bit lighter and really watch these guys and see how they're they're doing here in the new season as they're getting in the groove, guys dealing with injury, COVID, you name it. So that's my thought here. Well, and we, we've only had a couple tournaments with full fields. I mean, you know, once we get through this one and maybe next week, you could sort of see where things are going. And then you've got, you know, we're always going to follow this You've got those guys that play well in Hawaii. Then we got this California and Arizona swing where we see, you know, we know who's going to play, who generally plays well there. Then the Texas swing. But by the time we get to Florida, that's what in about a month and a half, two months. Once we're in Florida, we've seen all everybody play different courses, different styles. You know, that's what I usually do when I'm playing PGA DFS is. January, February, maybe the first week of March, I, I'm feeling it out, playing it, trying to make some profit. And then really once people are serious, it's in Florida, they're starting to prepare for the Masters, everybody's playing everything, you can let it fly at that point. Yeah, you get some big tournaments then, including the players. Uh, so I agree, that's a that's a key month with big tournaments, everybody trying to peak for the Masters. Definitely. All right, why don't you uh, grace us with your wonderful statistical follow here and see what we can look at and who we can pinpoint for some key plays. Yeah, so this week I looked a lot at the par five scoring because if you look at the winners from the last three years that you just went through, they all finished in the top five in that stat for the week, par five scoring. Okay. And it makes sense here since you have to get in the, in the 20 under range to win to take advantage of those par fives and score. So I looked at the rankings from last year, par five scoring guys who are going to play this week. And actually this list happens to be on pgatour.com. And uh, so it's kind of convenient. You can look there. Lots of times if I pick a stat, you know, you have to double check, okay, who's high in this category, who's playing this week. Right now they've got it listed for us guys in the top 40 from that stat from last year who are playing. But the thing I added uh, was, who of these guys are playing on La Quinta in round one? Okay. So I'll go through the list there and mention that a lot of them are including the, the three big names at the top for par, par five scoring Rom Cantley and Zalatoris hmm. all get that easy first track on La Quinta on Thursday. Uh, so they get an edge for me uh, right off the bat there. Nice. Then we've got 
one of my favorite value plays guy we you know we've talked about a lot brian Harmon, coach uh great course history here 7900 on DraftKings. he's not playing la quinta but he has a tremendous course history here and it's actually his birthday today happy birthday wow. brian you know maybe that plays into hit plays into it a little bit for him he just every year on his birthday week he he uh he contends it could be so uh, keep an eye on him. And then Scheffler, uh, another pay-up option, great on the par fives. Uh, Ortiz, 8,200. Now, this is a player who is hasn't played since November, dealing with a bit of an injury to his left shoulder. So, uh, you know, he's more on the outside looking in for me. He's one of those guys I'd like to see if he's healthy. Sure. Uh, here's a value play. Lahiri at 6,400. Uh, I know you've played him in the past. He hasn't yeah, played like since. Him. On yeah. a ball, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, last couple of events in November, he missed the cut. But Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. But decent course history here. Um, you know, in 16 and 17, he was top 30. Um, so for a guy that's 6,400 to regularly make the cut here and be good on par fives, I've got my eye on him. He's playing La Quinta round one. Then there's a group of four guys who are not playing La Quinta round one. That's Luke List, Hank Lebiota, Sung J M, and Patton Kazire. Uh, Luke List, uh, last two events in November, he was 10th and 11th. So is he a guy that finished the season, the, the calendar year, well and comes in here hot, or is he rusty? Um, but he finished 21st here last year. So he's a mid-tier option to consider. And then Hank Lebiota, I want to mention him because, you know, he kind of had a strange summer last year. We, we remember he was really hot and then all over the place. Yeah. And then yeah. he kind of got derailed. He wasn't doing much. And if you just say, oh, he missed the cut last week, I, maybe I don't want to play him. But he yeah. was four under last week. So he missed the cut just barely yeah. playing well. 6,700 on DraftKings. He was uh, 17th here last year. So maybe he, with a tournament under his belt, is going to be back to his, you know, strong form from last year when he was hot. Yeah. I mean, sounds to me like a GPP guy that could really score it for you. But I know when the wheels came off a little bit last year, they really came off. But exactly. Uh, yeah. We'll see if he's able to pull it back together there. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that. And, and, you know, checking out when we go over some of the, the guys I'm looking at too, I looked at that and, and strokes gained approach too, like I mentioned before, because I think being able to just blast it and then have an iron in to these greens that you can control, you know, if you can put that ball close, you know, they're going to be rolling it and uh, and scoring low. And it's going to take a bunch of birdies and a bunch of eagles again. It was funny, two weeks ago, uh, I, I don't know if it was, uh, I, I, if it was, uh, who it was, I had two guys one of them on the weekend went 62-61. Can you imagine shooting 62 6, 70, 123 for two rounds of golf? Was that for like 14 holes or 18? I mean, I, yeah. It's amazing. And didn't win the tournament, though. Right. That's the funniest part about it. And so I don't know if we're going to see quite that here, but we could. You know, we, we could have that kind of finish. So you're never out of it if you get hot and run some eagles in there. Uh, you're going to be in it. So that is the fun part about, you know, no lead is safe here. Uh, you know, it's 
it's pretty uh, pretty open. But yeah. let's let's hit some odds here. I'm gonna I'll go in uh, sections with you. Just do a, a bit of a top 25 at a time. That seems to have really worked for us the last time we're able to pull two or three key guys out of this group. And Vegas knows their stuff. So uh, plus, I also wanted to mention I noticed what I think DraftKings did, and I'm shocked by it to be honest with you. I thought Rom was underpriced, and I thought Cantlay was a little underpriced. Did you notice that? For this week? Yeah. Well, I, I guess I wasn't looking at it like that because they're, I mean, 11-3 and 10-9. You know. I don't think that's high enough. I think those mm -hmm. two, and, and the reason I mentioned that, I think it should be 12-something and 11-something. And the reason I say that is, I mean, the course history here, the way they're playing, and the Vegas odds. They are heavy chalk in Vegas. John Rahm is six to one. Patrick Cantley is nine to one. And the next guy's third is 20 to one. So when you have two chalk guys like that and two guys that love this course that are playing great golf, I to me, even though they're priced high, they're not priced as high as I think they should be. It's almost like when they can't get Giannis priced high enough or LeBron or whatever. And yeah, you're paying 11 or 10 or whatever, but it's their literal value or the Joker. There's a few times he should have been like 13, five and he's like 11, six, you know what I'm saying? So I sort of felt that way about Cantley and Rom. What's your take on that? Yeah. I mean, I could see them being priced a little higher. I guess the, the, the way I feel about it is as I building these lineups and I, you know, I had Cantley in and then some of my mid tier guys. And it was one of those, builds where I was always a hundred or 200 short on finalizing the roster on, on what I want to do this week. So yeah. they feel, they feel a little high to me. I wish they were just a little bit cheaper, although yeah, they, they could be higher with, uh, with the, with the reasons you mentioned. Well, I, you know, trying to put both of them in is brutally tough, but I'm telling you, I won't have a lineup that doesn't have one or the other. I just think they're the two best players in this field and, a oodle of statistics and now Vegas really confirming that of just saying, Hey, these two guys are the guys to beat. And, you know, I, I feel really good about it. I think that, that those two are strong. So anyway, uh, that aside, after Roman and Cantley at six and nine to one, you've got M at 20 to one fee now 20 to one and Scheffler 20 to one. See what I mean though? That's a, that's not a Justin Thomas or, you know, what I'm saying, uh, that's a big drop. Uh, it's a big jump in the odds, no doubt. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to bet those guys to win at those odds. Right. Um, but Im, no. I do want to mention his last three events here, tied for 12th, tied for 10th, tied for 12th. That is good. Yeah. I'll tell you, he was chalked, though, recently here and just did not play well. He shot oh. over par when everybody else was shooting in the low 60s. Yeah, that was surprising. I know it. All right, this next group, the guy that I – one of my favorites this whole season, you'll see it. He'll make a ton of my lineups. 25-1, to 1, Corey Connors. Then Taylor Gooch, who was crying about the slow play, so that concerns me with the Pro-Am. The guy you already mentioned, and I agree with Abraham Answer, 28. Matthew Wolf, look out for the Wolf, 33-1. to 1. And I'll tell you what, I watched this guy more than any other golfer last week. And I was so impressed with his game. Seamus Power. How about that? He's the 10th favorite to win this tournament at 33 to 1. 
no longer the sleeper value play of of years past. Nope. Uh, really stepping it up. Yeah, that jumped out at me when I saw his price tag on DraftKings at ninety five hundred. I mean, he's he's arrived now to be a top ten price on a full field event like this. Yeah, that's legit. And he's playing it. He's backing it up. I don't know if you got to see much of it, but he was hitting great shots, great putts. The only thing about him that I noticed, he's a little fiery. He doesn't quite keep those emotions in check. So I think when he's hot, it's awesome. But if he gets a little south, I think it could go uh, go bad pretty quick. Right. So just something to keep in mind. Um, any So any of those guys on well, in your initial build? No, uh, just no? because of where they fall in the price range. You know, if I because if I go up to somebody like Cantlay, then I'm going mid tier because I want to be strong across the board. So tough to get one of those guys in. But Connors, you know, yeah, I know you were on him last week. He was solid, and uh, you know, he yeah, he's going to make a lot of my lineups this year as well. And and I'll tell you, I've got that plugged in my head that you know, guys winning in these events initially in California, the you know, a real high percentage of them played at least one round in Hawaii. That's that's something that I'm going to consider if I'm torn between two guys for sure. Yep. Um, I have a feeling you're going to like this group. Russell Henley, 33. Patrick Reed, 40. Siwoo Kim, the defending champ, 40. Cam- uh, Cameron Tringali, 50. And Ricky Fowler, 50. Why is Ricky Fowler more of a favorite in this than guys like Will Zalatoris? I don't get it. Yeah. Uh that's a good question. I guess it's just because of Fowler playing here. Last two years, he was 21st and 10th. And the exciting thing for him is he's a father now, and he hasn't played yeah. since becoming a father in the fall. So there's the wild card for him. We'll see how he does. I have some interest in him. Uh, and the rest of the group, yeah, they're they're usually interesting guys for me. Um, the thing with Reed, though, is I can't quite figure out what I want to do with him because he's a – you know, in that tier, he's a better price. Right. Um, and, you know, he really finished strong at the Tournament of Champions. He had that bad first round, but then he was he was low throughout the rest of the tournament. Uh, but his course history here is kind of spotty. He did finish tied for 12th back in 17, but he hasn't played it every year. He's missed the cut. And I'm just surprised that he hasn't played better here. So, yeah. you know, kind of on the fence with that group. It's hard, man. I, Reed is such a boomer bust guy. You know, he is really tough to figure out. But, I mean, Siwoo Kim, defending champ, I think that carries some weight. Uh, he definitely likes the course. So could be a decent group. Uh, this group is interesting, too. You've got – and this will be the last group we'll do because then it get, goes pretty deep here. But I do want to mention a few guys later, but we'll, we'll do that. So Zalatoris is 55-1. to 1. I, which I think is a big price for a guy with that much talent. Again, hasn't played the course. Rose, 55. Riesenhout, 60. Svensson. This this was the guy I thought, and again, we haven't spoken beforehand. I figured Adam Svensson was going to be one of your targets this week. See if I know you that well. That's 60 to 1. Your buddy Hadwin, 66 to 1. Yeah, Um haven't been on Svensson, but uh, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess he has the edge that he played last week and played well. Yeah. Um, but I, I was gonna, yeah, lean more towards his Canadian brethren in uh, in Adam Hadwin, the Adam. guy who just 
dominate Adam Hadwin just dominates this course. He does. I love it, the pick, but I'll tell you, I, I dug in on Svensson and I because I didn't know that much about him and watched him play some. I'm really into this guy. I think he's got some serious potential and can be a top 20 guy here. He's top 20 in the odds. So why can't he he get there? Yeah. So nice uh, anybody else though stand out there or are you going more with some of the, the lower uh price guys? Yeah, I like some guys that are just in that next tier. Uh, so not as much from that group. Okay. Uh, I'll, why don't, I'll give you a couple of my guys that I'm keying on today or, you know, for this week and tell me which you can tell me, you know, share me what you think of them. And then certainly I know everybody tunes in for your value picks uh, every week, but here's another guy I watched last week. The, the amazing thing is I watched Michael Thompson play golf and he had no facial hair, no mustache, no beard. He's got this big ass beard. I don't know if you saw him play, but it's like this long. It is so cool looking. And he was tough. He was playing some nice golf, great control of his irons, putting the ball really well. He may make a lineup or mine, uh, two of mine, not just because of the cool ass beard, but because he's playing some really good golf. So uh, what do you think of Thompson? Yeah, I, I dug in on him a little bit because of that strong performance last week. Uh, the one drawback for me is he's been ranking in like the 140th range in the par fives. Yeah. Oh. So that's why I'm hesitating a little bit with him. Yeah. But he no. is one of those guys. He'll just come out of nowhere, have a top 10. So, yeah. Boomer you know, bust, but, yeah. you know, the his price is pretty good. So I like that. The other guy, like, this is a sneaky guy. I normally don't play him, but I like the way he played at the end of last year. And he's a vet. He's played this tournament a lot. And that's Alex Noren. At Norin, I think, is he doesn't get much play. His price is good. You know, he's in the middle of the odds there, 70-ish to one to win it. Just, you know, one of those guys that moseys along, makes all, you know, makes cuts. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to win the tournament, but I, I think he can get through that 54-hole cut and be a nice add-on guy to some of my studs I'm putting in there. Yeah, I like Norin is solid you know, cash option, usually pretty steady. Um, he hasn't right. played since, since November, but, uh, yeah, I like his game in, in general. He's always, uh, you know, you feel pretty solid when you, when you add him to the lineup. He's a good ball striker. He seems like the kind of guy, and again, this is just me watching the game and, and seeing these guys, but he just seems like a guy that even though he hasn't played probably comes in very fit, very polished, very practiced. He just yep. seems very articulate in that style of his game. You can tell the guys that just grip it and rip it and the guys that are just really students of the game. And, you know, if you're coming out after being off for a while, plus he's no baby, he's, he's been around for a long time. So uh, just a guy I thought I'd throw in there. So what do you got for us on the, on the big names we can plug in to make our lineup work? Yeah, so, you know, the guys we've covered so far, some of the cheaper ones, Harmon, Hadwin, of course. Uh, we mentioned Lebiota, who's really cheap on DraftKings as a potential play. Yeah. Uh, one more guy who was strong in par fives last year, who's a good value, is Vince Whaley. He's only 7,100 on DraftKings, top 20 last week. Uh, and then, again, Knox is, is matched up with Lahiri, round one uh, in, at La Quinta. Um, and Lahiri's only 6,400. So if you really want to go and consider something like a Rom Cantley pairing and you need a couple value guys, then 
hopefully uh, those will help you uh, cash this week. And I'll tell you, I am tempted to do it because I get that extra free round, even if they're not going to make the, you know, because really, I mean, let's face it. If, if you got two guys or so miss the cut and they're only getting half the tournament in two rounds out of the four, you're pretty much dead. Yeah. But, you know, you could survive it with 54 holes. So, you know, I think if, if you're going to go stars and scrubs, maybe this week it's enhanced to do that. Because even if a guy wouldn't normally have made the cut, you're going to get those extra points. And what do you, you know, if you get 15, 16 extra points for that third round that you wouldn't have gotten, you know, that's a lot to take advantage of. Yeah, usually in a regular event, it feels like if you have two guys miss the cut, you're probably only going to cash if one of your four guys wins. Right. You know, maybe a second and a, another top 10. Or two top 10s, whatever, yeah. yeah. But if, yeah, if, if you have two guys miss the cut here with the extra round, I agree, it kind of cuts that penalty in half and you don't have to win it with one of your four to cash yeah yeah and the reason i like your par five scoring is you get a bunch of points for eagles you know you throw a bunch of eagles on the board you can stomach a couple of bogeys so uh that's that's a great stat to look at as well but uh outstanding man anything else you've got i think that covers it for this week Excellent. Excellent. Glad to have you back. Uh, hopefully, you know, our listeners uh, didn't think you were uh, out on the golf course and missed our, our uh, tea time last week. <laughs> yeah. but, but we I made it work and, and cash just setting it up for this week to get hot. Hopefully this California run. I remember last year we had a good stretch in California where we got super hot. So uh, maybe this is the time we start right now this week. So definitely you want to join us it's dfscoachtalk.com we have several different memberships to sign up for uh, and whenever you sign up with us you get everything that we offer all of our sports certainly a great time if you're going to join for a week it's 25 bucks three days 10 bucks but if you join for the week get all of our nba action every day 13 games slate today hey andrew by the way yeah, good job covering yesterday's NBA <laughs> podcast with two games. Two big ones. <laughs> and then I get 13 today. Yeah. Well, that's but, how we uh, like it. You like the bigger <laughs> slates. I like the smaller ones better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then, uh, but you get all of that NBA action, the NFL playoffs, you know, what great games this weekend. Can't wait for that. And then our PGA is going. And then hopefully, you know, baseball gets started. I'm getting worried. They're talking about striking. So, Hopefully that doesn't happen and uh, we'll be able to give you our full baseball stuff too. So again, not now if you sign up for the three day or the week, but if you take advantage of our four sports special, the day you sign up, if you signed up today or next week, you get from the day you sign up all the way through the NBA playoffs, which is June 16th, that ends. So you get all four sports at that time. Uh, granted, you know, baseball gets going. So uh, that, you know, we'd love to have you join us. If you want to catch us uh, on Twitter, you can catch any of us at DFS Coach Talk. Andrew is at Language Olympic, and I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. All right, Andrew, enjoyed having you back this week. I know we're, we're going to fire up this uh, California swing. We'll be with you every Wednesday for that podcast, and uh, we're really hoping to get hot. So any final words? No, thank you. Yeah, let's get after it. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really enjoyed spending this time with you. Uh, hopefully you catch our basketball pod that's up.
We'll have some excellent football, a football pod coming up too this week. So, uh, and we'll be back again next week for sure to cover this PGA DFS, and we will be looking to crush it in DFS.